welcome to season two of the Sober Experiment podcast with Alex and Lisa. Our podcast is for anyone and everyone, whether you're still drinking, thinking about ditching the booze, or you've already quit alcohol for good. Our podcast is raw and still unedited to this day. Join us and our guests for tears, emotion, and some hilarious laugh out loud moments. Season two is sponsored by Lunar Holistics. Lunar Holistics offers a wide range of professional home study courses, including counselling, life coaching, and NLP. They also offer courses in beauty therapy and for the most spiritual minded of you, they've got courses in tarot, palmistry, astrology and psychic development. So if you've been considering a new career or you want to learn just for fun, no matter where you are in the world, Lunar Holistics will enable you to gain a fully recognised, accredited and insurable qualification and no previous academic qualifications are required. Lunar courses are easy to follow and you can study from home at any time that suits you. We're really excited that Luna has offered to sponsor this season as everything that they do aligns perfectly with our core values. I'm Alex, one half of the Sober Experiment. And I'm Lisa, the other half. Hi, Lisa. (laughs) Hi, Alex. So that, we have just, right, I'm saying that, but we have just interviewed Josh and Ross from It's Sober Rated. And I know I'm going straight in with this, there's zero conversation happening here. Wasn't that a good interview? I've loved it. I think everybody's in for a real treat. It was, it's covered a lot. And yeah. It, yeah, it was lovely. Really, really nice. I love that conversation. I could have carried that on for hours and hours and hours. We're definitely going to have to do this again. Yeah, I just hope that next time there's a little less conversation about our night out and my cleavage. <laughs> <laughs> you do this all the time to me and I'm going to uh, be putting my foot down now. I'm going to find something of yours to pick on. <laughs> oh, I don't pick on you. I love you. She does love me and I love her as well. <laughs> oh, But anyway, this conversation that you're about to hear... It's Josh and Ross from It's Sober Rated. You must give them a follow on inter, uh, in, interv- interview. <laughs> you must give them a follow on Instagram. Um, they've got a lot lined up. Um, they'll tell you the story now, but they're going to be doing a lot of work with men's mental health as well, which I think is just incredible. It's just so needed. It is so needed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So let us know what you think. And um, yeah, one for the ladies, this, if you want to go and pop over onto YouTube and have a watch. <laughs> yeah, definitely get onto YouTube for this one. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy. Oh, and not for Alex's cleavage. <laughs> no, that's not out. Oh my God. No, that is definitely not out. All right. Hi, Josh. Hi, Ross. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Hi there. How's it going? Hi, hi, hi. We're really good, I think. Um, we're really excited to speak to you. No, we are excited to speak to them, though, aren't we? Yeah, definitely. I've been seeing all your stuff on Instagram, and it's just brilliant. And I know, Ross, we first met through a mutual friend, didn't we, Siobhan? Yes, yes, we did indeed. That was fun. Who you just had to ring and check that you had met us. <laughs> I did. I've, I've just sent her a quick WhatsApp to double-check it was you guys, yeah. It was, and that was only last minute as well. That just popped into my head just before we came on, and I was like, "I'm, I'm sure it's right. I just need to double check." But yeah, we're good because you asked Aww. me the same thing when I came on here, didn't you? So yeah, well, I couldn't remember which one of its sober that I'd met, as in which name, because I think that you, you probably as being two faces on the front of um, Instagram, like us, people don't know often know who's who, um, even though we've done 
here's Alex, here's my story, here's Lisa, here's my story. More honestly, at least twice a week, somebody will get us mixed up. We've just had a whole um, marketing campaign about a radio show put out and our faces were... Were they Lisa and Alex under Alex and Lisa? They were the wrong way around. Yeah, they were all the wrong way. <laughs> and I did a video in our Facebook group the other day and somebody was like, oh, thanks for that, Alex. And I can't help but be like, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she gets the credit for everything. <laughs> Don't. I'd, I'd be exactly the same. I'd be like, do I look like a Josh? I'm a Ross. <laughs> well, that's really funny, Ross, because I actually said to my girls the other day, I was like, I don't even look like an Alex. And they both looked at me for ages and they were like, yeah, you do actually. And I said, well, she definitely doesn't look like a Lisa. And they were like, yeah, she could do. <laughs> oh, I'm quite glad. I'm quite glad about it. I don't know why you're so offended to be an Alex. It's such a cool name. I'm not. I love it. I think it's wonderful. I love your name. She's actually called Alexandria. So it's not Alexandra. It's Alexandria, which I think is a really oh, beautiful nice. name. It is a very beautiful name. I used yeah. to hear it quite a lot as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> Alexandria! Alexandria! <laughs> anyway, you two. Let's talk about you two. Yes. Yeah, let's. So would you just like bring us up to speed? Like where did it all begin? Your drinking story? And just, yeah, just talk to us. <laughs> Who's going first? Cool. Yeah, um, yeah go on, Josh. Yeah, yeah I'll, take, I'll take the lead on it. So I guess... Um, Ross and I have worked and known each other for a very long time and, and we've had a very good healthy relationship as well as a competitive one and we've always thrived off each other and we both had very similar lifestyles which obviously we'll go into in a minute and Ross will give his side and I'll give, I'll give mine as well but it's Soberated essentially started uh, at the beginning of the year uh, we were both at the same time, as well as Javi, who's our, who's our third partner in uh, It's Sober Rated. Uh, we were all sober at the same time. For me, I was scrolling through Instagram and social media constantly, uh, trying to seek some sort of validation or interaction from someone because uh, I wasn't socialising as much. And then you slowly start to stumble across uh, sobriety communities. And I think at that point in time, we noticed that there weren't any um, male-orientated sobriety pages. Oh, I noticed that, Joshua. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, so when it, 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 it... The one that's looking for them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah. just thinking that then. I thought, shall I say? <laughs> no, no, she is definitely looking for them. So <laughs> Come on, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we just... We, we got to a point where... It, we found it quite hard at the fact that we can't talk to the lads about it because you try and talk to a lad culture about not drinking, it's not perceived very well. You try and talk to family and friends that, that do drink, they don't quite understand it. As a bloke, you've got this stigma about having to sort of man up, you know, which is, mm. in my opinion, a load of rubbish. Mm. And it, it just got to the point where we spend a lot of time talking to each other. We spend a lot of time supporting each other. And we thought, well, why don't we try and break down this stigma of um, men or young lads not being able to, to, to find their, their place in a sobriety community? So that, that was our, our initial goal, was just to create a page, tell our story, 
and just say, look, we're, we're not scared about talking about it. We're, we're big and, and ugly enough to, to say we're sober. And, and it's just grown from there. I mean, it's exciting. It's, it's, it's interesting. It's opened our eyes and everyone's been incredibly welcoming. Um, I think our stories about why we went sober um, can be simplified. I don't think they're, they're podcast uh, allowed. You've said it yeah. now, so you, come on. You asked for that. Yeah, you you asked for that. Get the juicy questions out, and now yeah. I mean, we'll let you find the questions as when you want. Yeah, you take the lead on the questions, and we'll go from there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we don't know what to ask. That's not fair. We're on the back. Foot. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I mean, Ross, yeah, but, do you add anything to the to the build or the build up of um of of what we're building? No. Yeah. I mean. I mean. You know, you, we've said it. Um, you've said you've said it all there, really. Yeah. The, the big thing for me, on I suppose a personal level, was the social side of things. I couldn't get my head around why I it was kind of socially unacceptable to sit in a pub and have an alcohol-free beer or a lime and soda and not get the shit. Can we swear on this? I've gone for yeah, it. Yeah, not, get, not get not, not get the shit given to you by by the lads. And um, yeah, it just didn't seem right. Um, and then, like we say, we, we reached out to people on Instagram. We like kind of looked through it. We, this community started to grow in and around us. And we were thinking, wow, this is great. And that's kind of went from there. Obviously, I met you guys that like we touched on. And it's quite evident there. And then the, even just meeting that uh, your group in um, in Manchester, that, that kind of blew my mind. Because by that point, I hadn't been sober maybe more than two, three months. Wow. But I was very, I was very sociable at... Uh, after two or three weeks, I was out until two, three in the morning with friends that were drinking. And some of the girls that I met out on that night out hadn't, um, it was their first night out. And some of them, some of the girls have been sober nearly two years. And I, yeah. I was kind of scratching my head thinking, this has got to change. There's got to be something that can be done just in my mind. And that part of things with the social side of, uh, you know, alcohol free drinking and being yeah. sober in the community. Uh, in the out in, the, in, the, in the pubs and stuff. It was, yeah, quite, it was quite female orientated that night as well. Like we do have some guys in the be sober meetups, but usually they. I mean, I, I was I wasn't complaining. I wasn't complaining. I didn't mention <laughs> that to Joshua. I was it was like, just you, Ross, and my. <laughs> I think my husband. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah your husband went. Did, I forgot did about Lucy's? It. Did Lucy bring a male friend as well, Lucy Spread? Oh yeah, they were quite. I think, look at that. I don't even remember when I were on mocktails all night. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and I still don't remember stuff. <laughs> it's the sugar rush now. You know what? Oh, that it, yeah. is a real thing. That that <laughs> lots, that of, is lots of caffeine and lots of sugar. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> oh, so that's really good then. So you were quite newly sober at that point then. Yeah, it was all pretty fresh for me at that point. I, I didn't really, to be honest, I remember Siobhan had mentioned it, like I want to introduce you to some friends. I'm thinking, you know, a, a group of three or four. And then I walked into that, uh, was it Speaking Code, that real cool yeah. cocktail bar. And there was just this table full of uh, full of you guys just sort of like, hey. I was like, oh God. It's intimidating. <laughs> yeah, did you have to do a bit of deep breathing? I'd have been nervous doing yeah, that. Yeah. I still get social anxiety, so... <laughs> Yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, big time. Big, big, big time. So come on yeah. then, um, let's start with Josh. What what kind of brought you to sobriety? That's all from there. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, for me, uh, there's there's several layers to this story, and I, I always find it quite hard on how to approach it or how to to explain my journey into sobriety. Yeah. Um, because there are so many layers as to why I did it, and so many reasons. So I guess it depends, you know, which side of the story I tell, but. We spoke about this this morning, funnily enough. Um, I was talking to Javi about it and we were just saying, you know, as, as we start to publicly talk to people and we start to, to express ourselves in our stories, how much truth do we tell? And I think it's quite important that we do be as honest as possible um, because it's important that, that people can relate. And I think so many people are on the same page at the same time without actually admitting it and unless people speak up about it unless people say look this is me and I'm wearing my heart on my sleeve it's hard for 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 other people to say do you know what I'm actually gonna try and make a change myself and what we've always said is we we never want to preach We, we haven't gone sober to preach we've gone sober to benefit ourselves and from benefiting ourselves we've created and evolved as people and as a community. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. So <clears throat> I'll try and keep it short because uh, I do tend to, to waffle. You um, waffle. Yeah. It's really hard. <laughs> you know, when you're saying then about all different layers, like Alex and I have been working together now for, <laughs> or doing the sober experiment for over 12 months and only I'm now just getting together yeah. bits of my sort because there was that much of it. You don't know which bits to kind of focus <clears throat> yeah. on, but they all yeah. sort of really yeah, that, get that. So just that, start, that, get it. Both of us exactly. get practice to kind of get your bit right <laughs> we've proper yeah. struggled yeah. with that that's, the, be- that's, so that's like- the beautiful thing I've found of sobriety though that's the beautiful thing like reflecting and and have each time something happens in your sober life I find I'm reflecting on when I was drinking and yeah. unpeeling those layers essentially that you're realising more and more and more about yourself and kind of what you were and now where you're at yeah. I, I get annoyed with myself oh, yeah. sometimes because I think oh I've missed that bit out and then I think well <laughs> you can't tell it all you, you yeah. know there's so many bits and pieces there's so many reasons to why I drank in the first place there's, then there's so many reasons to why I no longer drink and they don't all meet up they don't yeah. you know, little areas of my life where something popped in and I should have stopped and I didn't and then so, I should have stopped and I didn't and you know they all add up really to the reasons that you stop don't they because ultimately yeah for sure for me, rock bottom isn't necessarily like living on the street, down and out, gone, done. It's a collection of small things that add up to being the final straw for me. Yeah, you can be you a can rock bottom. You can get excited yeah. for Josh's story. I'm like, right, come on, stop, Alex. I know your bit. <laughs> oh, is that Alex? I thought that was Lisa. Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't have a bell like you had last I'm night kidding. for that. <laughs> um, oh God, Josh. <laughs> yeah so i mean yeah there's 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 a, there's a lot of layers but i mean the, the the basics of it um i was born and raised in southern spain so i come from a town that, that a lot of british people know as marbella um it's a party scene it's full of hindus and stag dudes it's got huge tourism in summer and it is just completely dead in winter so Living in that environment from a very young age, 11, 12, I was exposed to, to my town where I grew up, which is Porto Benus. And, 
you very quickly adapt to your peers in that environment, which tends to be drink and drugs and late nights and all of that. So I got, I got caught in the trap at a young age and it was a lot of fun. I don't think I abused it. I don't think it was excessive. It was just fun and it was teenage chaos. Um, I then started to be, become quite ambitious. Uh, so I had a lot of personal goals that I wanted to achieve. So I used to set myself different targets as, as I was going through my teenage years and my early 20s. And I'd always had this vision of ultimate success. And to me, at that point in time, and it's, it's different today, that point in time, ultimate success to me was finance, was being financially secure, having a cool car and a big house. And that was, I, I'd made it. And obviously, as you age, your, you know, your wants change. But when I was going through this ambitious phase in my early 20s, I was heavily drinking. We were always partying. Ross and I have been in medical recruitment for almost a decade. So a heavy sales environment with big targets mm -hmm. and making lots of money comes with drink, drugs and partying as much as you can. And it got to the point where I was trying to run two paths at the same time. So I was trying to be incredibly ambitious at the same time I was trying to not miss out on any parties or weekends that were happening. And those two worlds collided. And when they collided, it started to affect my work. It started to affect my personal life. It started to affect my relationships. I, I met a girl uh, in a nightclub when I was 21. Um, nine months later, uh, she <laughs> delivered a little boy. <laughs> oh, that poor guy's uh, going to watch this one day. Yeah. Oh, he that's was, what happened, is it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I met his mum at 6am in the morning. It was, it was one of them. So, so yeah, and, and then when he was born, I was, I was only turning 23. So for me, it was, it was quite a young age. I hadn't actually achieved anything that I wanted to. And that relationship didn't work out and I hold my hands up to it. You know, I, I chose a heavy lifestyle over actually being a young, sensible father. So I, I lost that relationship. Um, I was on the brink of losing him as well. I didn't get to see him for, for quite a while. And all of that starts to play on your mind and it starts to make you question your decisions. It starts to make you question the friendships you've got, the, the party scenes. And then, and then it led on to, to changing that mindset. So I, I gave up drink four times. Um, so I went sober every year in January. I made it my, my New Year's resolution and I ran three months. Then I ran six months the year after, started drinking again. Then the following year, I did six months again. And then with the drink and because currently now we own a business. So um, it's, it's a medical recruitment business. There's two of them and we, we've got a high turnover. Uh, we're nearly at 20 million pounds in TO. So we're, we're, we're a big business and there's, there's 33 people that we look after now. And that, that needed a lot of time and dedication. And on that journey, there was a huge decision that needed to be made. It was like the welfare of the people that work for us and giving the people that work for us the time and the respect that they deserve for us to grow as a business or it's a selfish act of we go out and we blow the money that we're making and we drink ourselves stupid and we just enjoy this rush that never really lasts. So I think 
it's, it's a huge combination of all of that, but it was a year and six months ago today, by the way. So, oh, yeah. yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I was on a, a trip with some friends and it was, there was about 15 of us and we drank every single day and every single night. And it got to the point where um, I got back to the UK and I didn't feel right. I had cluster headaches, which I got diagnosed with, which is like heavy strain and pressure, which causes um, uh, spasms in your blood uh, arteries and blood vessels in your brain. So from that, I thought, right, this is too much, like too extreme. And we're trying to do too much at the same time. So it was, it was just an ultimate decision a year and six months ago that, that I decided to make. My first step was just downloading an app and just saying, today's the day. And I pretty much look at it every day, if not every other day. And I just, just, it's a reminder of, of why I'm doing it. I think I need to look at that so that I don't just have a drink and say, well, it's just one and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to being sober tomorrow. So I, I need that accountability. So yeah, there's, there's, that's my main reason for it. And it's overrated is, is my saving grace. And as well as, you know, people like yourself and, and Ross and everyone else around me is, is, it's huge. That's yeah. amazing. Well done, mate. Can't let the others down, can you now either? You know, like, that's I always feel that release. I'm like, well, we've got the sober experiment now. Just one. Oh, I know I won't be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's so much like my time. So my relationship with my parents is, it has solidified, you know, it was non-existent until about three years ago. And it was, it was three slash four years ago where I started to make those changes. And I started to prove to my family that I wanted to be a good dad. I wanted to be a good businessman. I wanted to be, you know, healthy and fit. I wanted, to, I wanted everything that was, that was right for me, you know? So, Yeah. Oh, that's just so inspiring because it's just, especially when you're running a business, it's difficult and you don't often connect the two, do you? It's easy to go and drink and celebrate and do these things. Like I run a business with my mum and since we stopped drinking, that has just flourished. It's amazing. It now employs my two eldest children. Like that would never, ever have happened had I still yeah. been drinking. Well, one, me and my mum just wouldn't have been able to be in the same room, for goodness sake. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and now I've got like four, these four of us and we we have a few other people that we employ, but it just wouldn't have happened. And I just think that yeah. story is so inspiring oh, and you did a really good job of connecting all that together. You know yeah, it's, funny, it's funny that you say that about working and, and not getting it there. So this is something that Ross doesn't know. It's something that the people... Oh. Hello. I know. And Hello. What's going my on here sister, then? My sister, the, uh, we won't mention it, but Ross fancies my sister, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It yes. was. Uh, it was. Just, it was just the other day. I was sitting with her, and she was my first employee. So, um, she, she she sat with me outside, and we're having a chat. And she turned around. And she said, "Listen, I just want you to know that as as your little sister, I'm I'm super proud." And for me, it's, I'm not an emotional person or very touchy-feely. Um, but when she said it, I felt it. And I said to her, what makes you say that? And she said, just where you are today in comparison to where you were about 
two years ago, and this is when I was really starting to dedicate to sobriety. It was, I had to go to a meeting in London with one of my shareholders in the business and we kept it very under wraps. We went to a meeting in London, we sat with the bank, we sat with the liquidators, we sat with HMRC and they, it, was a, it was a whole day meeting and they said, you are not going to survive. Like this is the end of your business and it's time to liquidate the company, relinquish wow. the assets and inform all your employees that there's no business left, you know? So for me at that moment in time as well, it was, that was really hard hitting because I'd noticed how my time and effort into this idea and this vision that I had of a business was not going to come to fruition with my drinking behavior. And me going out and spending Thursday evening partying, Friday hungover, not putting the efforts into the business. Monday, I haven't got energy. Tuesday, I can't really be bothered. Wednesday, I'm back on it. All of a sudden, I'm letting my vision down and everybody else around me. And I'm putting everybody's jobs at risk because I'd rather spend my time with girls and clubs and pubs and friends and it, it was a spiral. It was a very bad spiral. And yeah, you touching on that saying with not being in the same room as your mum and getting to where you are today with what you've got, I completely and totally relate because we are in a completely different position today as a business. That's just yeah, amazing. Yeah. It is 100%. an amazing story. But yeah, you've definitely spent more time on your story, getting it together, and we need to do some work, Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that. I was just thinking, oh, my God, he's stitched me right up here. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the short version. <laughs> well, it was a good version. Yeah, it was. Mate, so well let's done. hear about you mate. then, Ross. Yeah, uh, right. Well, I don't know really where to start from off the back of a very detailed um, account. But I think for me, mine really started, again, talking about reflection, when, when reflecting. I, I've always drank quite regularly. Um, I think I grew up in a home where it was just normal to go to the pub on a Wednesday, like the football club. I grew up playing football, so my dad would go to the football club with me and have a beer. Same with the weekend. It was just normal to do that. My mum enjoys a glass of wine every night the occasional bottle here and there. So it was, it was quite a normal thing growing up. So I never really thought I've got a problem. Um, there was a time in 2018 where before me and Josh worked together again, I attempted to set up a, a medical business, um, didn't go to plan. So that went, that went down, down the hole. Um, at the same time as that, I came out of a relationship and it all just hit at one time. So I think that was probably the trigger for where I found myself moving into a bit of a habit from drinking the habit being, rather than going out on a Wednesday for a couple and then a, a, like a cheeky night out on a Saturday, it became a Wednesday for more than a couple, a Thursday for more than a couple, and then a Friday or a Saturday, or if not both. I mean, over my 30th birthday uh, and my 31st birthday, as a matter of that, you know, I, I drank every day for two weeks where it was just like one friend would come out, oh, I didn't see you on your birthday, you know, and this habit, this habit kind of uh, came about. Um, like Josh, I, uh, not like Josh, Josh, Josh managed it, but myself, I tried to go sober a couple of times. Um, and it wasn't to, to, to do a stint like I'm on now. It was really, I just wanted to detox and kind of freshen up and then think, oh, you know, I'll treat myself to a night out in a month, but I could never do it. And it was because of the social 
pressures of drinking. I'd go to the pub, I'd see the friends, I'm just having a soda and lime tonight, boys. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's that's a load of rubbish. You're never gonna make it. Da 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 pressure, pressure, pressure. Oh, okay, I'll have a shandy. Then I'll have another beer and then I'll have another beer. And then it's four in the morning and it's like, okay, whose house is open? Let's go there. And <laughs> yeah. and um sit in a kitchen and talk nonsense. And that just that was repetitive. And um during that time I could see that my performance at work with Josh wasn't firing. Um, I've always been very good at what I do within that part of the industry and I just wasn't performing to 100%. Um, I was then calling in sick in the week. I mean, Josh will tell you some of the excuses I've made. Like, I would call him up. I mean, I told him my dad was in hospital once. I'd, I'd uh, you know, the cat must have died a few times. Oh, all these, all these... All, all these, all these, all these random excuses, and they were, and they were bad. Like, and, and I'm lying to to someone I consider a very good friend who I also work with, and that's playing on my mind. Um, uh, physically, I was out of shape. I've always been very sporty and very into my gym, but I just looked terrible. My skin was dry. My, I had a beer belly. Got a terrible photo that maybe one day I'll pop on Instagram and show. Oh the yeah, we love a good but, before and after. Oh, oh <laughs> my god! Have you not seen I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that, Lisa. I said to Javi. Did you remember what I said to Javi, Josh? I was like, should yeah. I put the before and after? And he was like, no, no, no. People don't want to see that. Oh like, no! I don't want to see that. Have you seen ours? <laughs> seen ours? <laughs> our square before and after on our Instagram. No, we've just got the before, but not got the after. Oh, this is the after. <laughs> this is the after. <laughs> well, you saw us on our night out, and that was like the very best of the after. Um, you probably only saw your cleavage that oh, yeah. night. Shut up, you! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, rem- I remember it well, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, we've got to make the mess- best of your assets. <laughs> that's it, that's <laughs> it. into your 40s. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where was I? You've distracted me now with your Sorry, cleavage. No, well, um, can I just clarify my cleavage isn't out now for anyone listening and not watching because <laughs> I've distracted you with my cleavage. <laughs> that's what she likes to think. If you are listening and not watching, that's what she wants you to think. <laughs> but yeah, no, so where was I? Um, yeah, so I was, I was looking terrible and all in all, on reflection, I was in moving into or in a state of depression. I was, I just wasn't myself. I lost all my confidence. I couldn't get, I, it, every part of my life just wasn't where I wanted it to be. So from the social side to, um, you know, having a girlfriend, I didn't have one. I couldn't get one. I thought, oh my God, what am I doing? Uh, business could have been better. I wanted to perform better. I wanted to go better there. I, I would lost touch with lots of friends that I would normally catch up with maybe on a fortnightly or monthly basis. Um, and my family as well. I was letting my family down. So they were like the key areas that, when I reflect that I knew at the time, but would never be able to pull it all together. But they, these things were happening. And then similar to Josh, I woke up one Sunday morning, um, which was what the end of, uh, towards the end of November time. And I just felt it was just one of those hangovers where you just think, what have I done? I had all the anxiety. I was throwing up everywhere, like just water coming out of places. I didn't know water could come out of. Um, <laughs> oh, I was sweating profusely. It was just horrible. And um, yeah, same thing. I downloaded the I Am Sober app, and 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 also in this journey, it's worth mentioning Siobhan, who does not uh, not so secretly sober. Yeah, she'd been helping me understand. And there was one thing she said to me. She was like, "It's all good saying you're going to go sober. You need to understand why." That morning was the morning I woke up and understood why. 
And I thought, right, I'll do four weeks. And I said to Siobhan, I'm doing four weeks. I think I said to you, Josh, I'm doing four weeks. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have a detox, see how I see how I get along. And by week three and week four, um, I'd lost, I think, something like four pounds in in body in body weight. I could see a noticeable difference. I was eating cleaner because I had a clearer mind. The clarity in my mind was just like it was as if I was it was really kind of like out of body surreal this feeling i can never explain it to anyone but i remember just reflecting thinking how do i feel and they're thinking wow i feel really good i don't think i want to have a drink again and that was the 21st of december was when i was meant to start drinking again at that point again i think my sales for the business had gone probably nearly doubled and things were just looking really good and i thought right now i just got to stick to it and see how far i can go I spoke to Siobhan and she again gave me some great advice. Spoke to Josh. Josh was there and he became what we, what did you call it? The accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Well, like Account, accountability partner. Just like, look, if you ever feel like you need a drink, just shout me. Um, and there hasn't been that many times where I've thought about it, but um, yeah, that kind of was me uh, kind of confirming to myself that, yeah, I'm ready for this now. Um, and then in the coming weeks and months, obviously we met you lovely ladies, went up to Manchester, saw a different side of the sober world, which I really enjoyed, as well as all the different parts of my well, life just coming you'd back You'd remember the cleavage, which you wouldn't have remembered <laughs> drinking. Yeah. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have. You're very true. You're very true. Can I just yeah, say, all, all this has been such a right. talking point now. It's, it's January, right? I really don't think it was that much of a big deal. And you've been, <laughs> you know... <laughs> you know what? I do want to ask you though, Ross, because just saying that yeah. you you was meant to drink again like just before Christmas, so that would have been a really difficult time. I'd yeah. imagine we hear that a lot. Like Christmas is a tough time, New Year. So how did you find that, and how, how did you handle that? Um, yeah, do you know what? There was one standout night, which I think was Christmas Eve which I, I struggled with. I struggled quite bad, but generally it was, it was all okay. I, 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 what I, the way I taught myself to kind of counteract the social aspects of things was having an alcohol-free beer in a pint glass topped yeah. with lemonade. So then automatically everyone thinks you're boozing. And I, I kind of made a game of it. So up until that point, I still thought I was going to be drinking. That was the game and that was how I was getting along with it. And then I made that decision, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. And then, yeah, there was the Christmas rush. And there was one night that was quite difficult and I remember sitting back in the side of the pub and just kind of watching everybody be really merry and old Lang Syne and it was all just sort of like, and I just couldn't, I'm quite an energetic energetic person, quite sociable. That's not something that would bother me normally, but I couldn't muster the energy to get involved and kind of uh, get in the middle of the circle and just kind of be a prat. But <laughs> So that night I went home a little bit earlier and I was a bit downbeat and felt a bit low, but the next morning I woke up fresh. It was Christmas morning. I got to see all my family and I'm telling you the last three or four Christmas mornings before that day, I, I ruined Christmas with my family and, and even my friends. I'd turn up drunk. I'd sleep on the sofa all day. It was just, it was just refreshing to wake up and just thinking, actually there's a reason why I've done this and that this is it right now. Feeling fresh face and being able to see my family converse and actually have a good time and remember it. Be present, be present. Sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. The morning after moments to kind of hit you in the face and go, oh, reminder, yeah, that's what... Because it's so... I mean, I did what you just described really early on and went to a wedding. And 
and I remember, and Lisa will tell you as well, I remember those feelings you're describing so well, everybody dancing and me thinking, oh my God, I'm sticking out like a sore thumb here. I'm sat here in the corner with my non-alcoholic beer. Oh, whoa, is me. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it no, worth just having a quick beer? No one will know and it'll be all right. But Yeah, look. it gets easier though, doesn't it? And not only does it, it does. get easier to do, you actually start to really enjoy it. And yeah. you know when it's time to go home. Like that night when we were out, you know, we were stepping over zombified bodies. <laughs> <laughs> we were, yeah. I think we left, we left there late, didn't we? That was like, what, one? It's 12, 12, one, wasn't it? Maybe yeah, it later. was quite late. I, I think we left after two. No, no, no. Do you know what? I think you're right because I Siobhan kept me up with tea and biscuits until about half four in the morning, just chatting <laughs> nonsense. So it was it was late. It was very late. Can, yeah, can I was... ask you both about like you know Lisa and I? I was forty. Was I forty? Yeah, forty when I stopped drinking. Lisa, you were almost forty when you stopped drinking. Like you know, you, you both like. Did you say you were early thirties? I'm guessing. So I've just turned thirty. So, so like to do that, you know, you've just yesterday, was basically, and like that was feel. Is it forever? First, is he lying? Is he lying, Ross? No, hey. 1990. I'm 1990. <laughs> no, I just I, in my head, I was thinking, shit, he's younger than me, isn't he? Uh. <laughs> yeah, I have that problem with her, but <laughs> but it's like. You know, was it? Is it a first of all? Is it a forever thing, or do you not say forever? Are you just saying, look, this is what we're living right now? And second of all, whatever your answer to that is, are you glad you've done this so young? Yeah, yeah I mean, we've both got different um, answers to this question, haven't we, Josh? My, for me, I don't ever say I don't say forever. I, I would say never. Like if someone says, "Will you have a drink again?" My answer is, I never say never because I feel like if I say never. Like I mean, life is a long time. Anything could happen. I don't plan to, but I feel like if I did and I did say I did and I did say that, I then feel like I've created failure and I failed at something. When I don't really want to have that, I want to have that flexibility. I don't see myself ever doing that, but that's just my opinion on that question. It's very much um, my answer that. Yeah. yeah, is it? Yeah, is, is it? Yeah. There we go. Yeah, that's it. I was actually quite worried about just answering that then because I have. Given that answer to other sober people, and they have a very different opinion on it. With that, is, my, my answer is: I intend to stay sober forever. I really, genuinely do. But mm. long, very long time, and so, and, and also, if I said forever, not you said about the failure. For me, it's just like it's setting yourself a massive goal. Like I'm sober now, so you know that's good enough. Let's just keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's it. That's it. And look, if if things do get rocky and it happen, it does happen. I like. I really like the idea, and it's something that we'll probably see more of for its sober rated. Is these mindset sober challenges? I think sobriety is more than just life. Like people can pick it up at different stages of their life and do six months, like Josh did in the past. Do three months, maybe just do a year, if you've got other goals in your life you need to achieve. And I think that's for me what sobriety has given me. It's it's about helping me understand my goals and achieve them. And I've got, I mean, my goals are lifetime goals now. And yes, that's why I intend, intend to be sober for a very long time, if not forever. But if I was to say it, I'd never have a drink again. I'd, I'd feel like I'm putting too much pressure on myself. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that's a fair enough answer and I'd probably answer it fairly similarly. What about you, Josh, then? Uh, interesting. <laughs> so I have a lot of theories, right? And I, I do a, a Way too much contemplating. And <laughs> for me, it's the reverse, 
So for me, life is too short. I was 20 just a minute ago. I was 10 two minutes ago. I'm now 30 years old. I know that 40 is coming round. 50 will be next. 60 will be after. I sit and talk to my grandfather, who's, who's half a century older than me. And every time I talk to him, he talks to me as if he's still 21. So for me, life is too short. And I've made a decision. Um, it took me quite a while and several attempts to stick to that decision. And I think now that I've ultimately committed to it, I have no intention of going back on it. I'm also a very structured person. So I think it also depends on your personality type because I, I do struggle a lot with OCD. So for me, the fact that I see a timer and I'm doing something and I'm regularly checking it and I have to see it, to break that would cause probably a mental breakdown. And <laughs> but for me, it's, it's also the fact that when you try a food and you don't enjoy it, you don't go back to it. And I enjoyed alcohol a lot. I enjoyed alcohol so much to the point that I put myself off it. And I think now that I put myself off it, the thought of having a beer, the thought of drinking alcohol actually puts me off. So I think my mindset is, is ultimately stuck with the forever side of it. However, even with that thought process, I've still had moments in time where I've actually thought to myself, I could have a drink right now. And it typically mm. happens when it's a sunny day. There's a lot of people. Yeah. It happened the other Friday, didn't it? And the music's on <clears throat> and you just smell a cider and you're like... <laughs> me, me and yeah. Josh went out with the, uh, the guys from work. Um, the other Friday, didn't yeah. we? Yeah. And they're all they're all kind of they're all drinking. Obviously, we, we're not drinking, and um, it felt like it needed something. It felt like it needed someone it needed to grab us. the ball by the. It needed the, <laughs> the yeah. It needed someone to grab the ball by the horns and really take it into a, like a mental night out. And we were sat there like, God. Sometimes you just think like, yeah, you know, we were looking at <laughs> we each other going, yeah, we need to show them. <laughs> yeah, we'll show you. Where we drink those this drinks. Is how you've done it. <laughs> we're like that because we've been together for so long as best friends we've got that rebel still in us and I know you're more yeah. rebel when you don't drink actually but we have yeah. got that like rebel now Lisa I'll tell you now would never she'll say you'd say forever wouldn't you Lisa absolutely yeah I'm, 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 I'm with you Josh on that I think you two are so alike because it's weird yeah, yeah. yeah it's weird but we say you know like, I, I go like that to like oh you know what just and, and it's not like I want one it's not like I'm going to do it I know I'm not going to do it at the time I say it it's the guilty pleasure yeah. thought yeah, like yeah, you know, yeah, it's exactly that. We could party better than these lot here if we were pissed. Oh yeah, <laughs> she yeah. goes. Four yeah, we could, and that's yeah. it. Four of us got on it. I reckon it'd be wild. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the sober oh, community just going? You know what? Let's forget <laughs> yeah. it. Let's just all go back to drinking and we'll go out together. It would be absolute carnage because everyone yeah. on this journey is a lunatic, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. You've got <laughs> to be. <laughs> I think. I think to be sober as well, you've got to be a strong person. You've got to be strong-willed. You've got to be determined. You've got to be ambitious. You've got to. You've got to want, and it, it takes a stronger person to make a decision, whether it's alcohol or drugs or whatever else it may be, it could be anything, it, it, a relationship, it takes a strong person to make a decision and stick to it. And I think 
I think you're right. I think the sober community is probably one of the strongest types of community mm-hmm. you can get because it's all walks of life. It's any person from any country. It is, it's, you know, it's a beautiful thing. It's amazing, it is. isn't it? It is. Were you surprised how much you have enjoyed being sober and what a difference it has actually made? Like, I remember thinking... I didn't think I drank that much for my life to be so awesome now. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a secret that only we know. And that's, that's the most frustrating part. It's because yeah. when everybody drinks, you, they ask you questions. On our page, we get friends, family and strangers say, hey, how'd you do it? And they ask you secretly. They don't want their friends to know. Yeah, they don't want to ask you about it when you're together. They want to just send you a secret message and ask you. And you almost want to just take a little bit of that that feeling out and just give it to them and say, that's what it's like. But explaining it to someone is is hard because it's so hard. It's so hard to just get it through people's heads without preaching and just saying, listen, just try it, you know? Do you know what Lisa says? If you could bottle sobriety, you'd like make millions, wouldn't you? Oh, it'd be the best medicine on the planet. You really want it's like I love the fact that you're like an all male account. You're tapping into that audience. Can I ask? Do you get like um, a lot of because something else that isn't talked about is men's mental health? Yeah, we're big on that. Yeah. Do you get a lot of like uh, inquiries, and are you doing a lot around that? Yeah. So there's quite. It's a good question. It's a very good question. So there's. I'll, I'll touch briefly on it because this is Ross's subject all over. This is this is his bread and butter. So, from a from an account perspective, we are in conversation with a mental health supporting business. So, as as our business, which is medical recruitment, during the the whole pandemic series that's going on at the moment, we engaged with a company um, which offers free one to one. Uh, mentoring sessions for children all the from the age of five six all the way up to to adolescence and for us it's a huge part of the journey because there are so many underlying issues that people don't talk about especially within men's mental health and today I saw the statistics for men's suicide is the highest it has ever been in 20 years and nobody is publicly addressing it because you got a man up and that's what blows my mind. It's you, you, you can't you can't express yourself as much as other people can because there's a stigma behind it. And we're definitely addressing it and we're definitely going into partnership with its Soberated and the mental health support unit. And we're, we're going to make a big deal about it. A big deal. Good. Yeah. Without- that, that's, that, that's what I'm most excited about. Like it, there is a lot to come from its Soberated and, the mental health side of thing and the support, like just said, I'm, I'm massive on it. I think the reason I'm massive on it is because I, I, my journey, uh, my, like my, my career in, in a sense started within, um, the NHS and the private sector working in mental health. What that did to me was make me think that I was invincible, that I knew mental health inside and out. And my brain was the strongest brain in the planet. I couldn't get depression. I couldn't get psychosis. I couldn't get any of the other uh, mental health issues that surround uh, surround it. And um, all of a sudden, due to drinking and going out of control and creating this habit, I was absolutely walloped from the side and started having my own mental bash, uh, battles, which is the main one was really depression and, I suppose, low self-esteem. Um, 
obviously coming out the back of that with sobriety and sobriety being that medicine, like that has helped my confidence. I don't have these, I mean, you have your low days. Everybody does. You have those days you just think, ah, fuck this. I can't be bothered, but it's not like it was. And, um, yeah, I've kind of gone off at attention here, but yeah, with the mental health thing, I, I thought I was invincible. I think every man out there does think that. And what's been incredible is, and I, I thought I we were, a, yeah, maybe we are, but well, <laughs> we are for sober. But you no, with um, I've, what, I've, what I think is incredible is the amount of men that have reached out through it sobered, but then also in my friendship groups, I've got quite a large friendship group. I'm from a town called Northampton where everybody knows everybody. So like, you know, you sneeze and someone from the other side of the town knows you just sneeze kind of thing. <laughs> but a lot, a lot of, a lot of the guys that I've been out with drunk with over the years, um, friends, friends of friends have reached out and just been like, look, how'd you do it? And I'm struggling. I'm not feeling too good. I'm feeling a bit depressed. And it's, it's lovely to feel that they've got the confidence in me to, to be able to come to me and trust that because I've gone on that journey and been very vocal about the mental health side of things, they can come out to me and do it. But it's also a little bit sad that they feel like they can only come to me at the moment and they can't maybe go to their best mates or their parents or whoever else might be surrounding them and there could be potential support network. So there's a lot, there's a lot that, you know, the world has to do with regards to mental health and, um, yeah, yeah you know, hopefully we can we can we can help support that. Yeah, it's just so hard to spot, though, isn't it? Because you know, I was having a, I've, I've talked about this uh, last night when we went on that radio channel. But um, when I went to my GP a few weeks back, because I've got an anxiety disorder and I didn't even know I had it um, until I got sober and realised that I'd been dulling it out with the alcohol, and now I'm, is, yeah. I've got to face it and deal with it. And you would never know to look at you, you, you know, never look, know to look at us that these problems are going on because we can all plaster on a smile. We can all have a laugh. And I think people think that if you're depressed or if you've got anxiety, you're going to be obviously distressed. And that's not the case for a good percentage of the time, is it? That's right. So when, so when you are alone and you are feeling it, you don't know who to go to. And even if you did, I don't think many people, including myself, I mean, I'm very lucky I've had Lisa, but if I hadn't had Lisa, I don't know where, I don't even know if I'd be here. I, I yeah. genuinely don't know. Do yeah. you think that often, as much as there's a stigma that we have a real bad habit of stigmatising ourselves, yeah. Mm. You know, it's like you said, Ross, you thought you were invincible, that that couldn't happen to you. And it, it's still hard, I think, for anybody to reach out. I, ju I just yeah. think it is. I know. Like, yeah, it is. Say about anxiety, and I know I get, get times where I'm just really low, and I would never, and I don't even know why. I don't even know. But I'm not the type of person, maybe it's the way I've been brought up, that would actually re reach out and say, you know what, I'm really... Yeah struggling now or I might say I'm struggling but I'll be all right I'll I'll, I'll get yeah. off it I'll be fine that's kind of yeah where it is. yeah I think so many times as well and this is one of the the biggest frustrations that I have with people it's the second so, so I've struggled with mental health issues since day dot I went to counseling at school when I was a young teenager all the way through to now I've had therapy sessions I've gone through everything suicide attempts the lot it's, it's a huge thing that's always been around the biggest frustration for me is that if something is bothering you and you need to address it but you don't feel like you should because it's so petty 
because it is such an insignificant thing to the person next to you, but it could be the biggest problem for you. Yeah. And you can say, I'm really not happy at the moment because I don't like the way I look. The person next to you will say, well, think about the children in Africa. Think about the homeless yeah. children on the streets. Why don't you think about the people that haven't been fed tonight? And you think, I understand that, but that isn't my environment. That's not the position that I am in as a person. And this is what I'm dealing with mentally or psychologically right now. Yeah. And the following day, that same person that's told you to think about someone else is now having a bad day. And they don't want to talk to the person next to them about the fact that they don't like their new haircut and it's really starting to bug them and they don't like going out in public. And it okay. could be something as little as that. And I think one of the things that we want to try and address is when we talk about mental health, we want to talk about it as a social conversation exactly like we're doing now. Because yeah. the biggest problem that I had personally when going through anything that I went through was the fact that when I had to sit in front of professionals, one, I didn't feel comfortable because I don't want to talk to you and I don't particularly know you. And when I finish telling you what I need to tell you or what we need to discuss during this session, the second I walk out, I know you've got someone else walking in. Yeah. So you, you've yeah. got zero interest in me whatsoever. So therefore, releasing it might have made me feel good. But when I get home tonight, I still feel exactly the same. And you're still alone because you still can't just call on that person and say, actually, you know what, there's something else I want to talk about. And, you know, yeah. when, when my doctor prescribed medication, honestly, I was like devastated, devastated. If, if I'd have broken my leg, my arm, I'd have happily had a plaster on it. But I was devastated. Like, this is an illness. Oh, my God, I've got an illness. Like, I wouldn't accept it. And it just kept saying, you, you're not accepting that there's a chemical imbalance in your brain. And mm. I still don't fully accept it. I still, Lisa still speaks to me on a regular basis saying, look, you know, take the medication, Alex. Take the medication, yeah. don't you? Yeah. 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 Just, it is all stigmatised, all the, the whole things. So it's, it's not around the, the conversations that we're not having, but yeah. about how, how they're being had. You do have them. It is how they're being had. And I think yeah. the word mental health and you know like we find that in workplaces and and I see it with my children like my son and youngest daughter struggle but they wouldn't they were and I'm really open about things and my son in particular 17 he does not talk I like because you don't get it that's that's oh. the that's the problem they have, isn't it? I think as teenagers, it's, it's mum doesn't get it, not knowing that mum's actually been through it 10 times over. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, definitely. But there's a, there's a thing um, that near us now, and it's Get Fit for Mental Wellness. You might have seen it on Instagram, actually. They're doing great, great things, and they do a walk. And I've said to like my son, come with me to that, but it's the full thing, Get Fit for Mental Wellness. Yeah, yeah. it's the label. Yeah, that, that is exactly what it is. So like you say, having these conversations, casual conversations, yeah. um, I'm really excited for what you two have got. Me too. What well, just, got. I think it, just in the conversation that we've just had, I feel like I've personally opened up more to, to the three of you now in the last 10 minutes about mental health than I have in the last decade. Wow. And, that's, and that's because I completely relate to everybody on this call. 
I completely associate to the situations that you're all having as well as I am. So there's, there's complete relation, isn't there? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. that makes such a big difference. And it's, I was saying this to Ross the other day and we were talking about it because we stay in the office and we brainstorm and we talk about loads of stuff. And one of the things that's hard is when you talk to someone about trying a vegan dish, for example, people don't want to try it because vegans preach. People you said this, didn't you, Lisa? Yeah. It's, it's vegans have got this, and I'm sorry to any vegans listening, vegans <laughs> have got this this uh, title that they're, they're sort of naggy and preachy and you shouldn't hurt cows and you shouldn't, you know, kill pigs. And it's like, well, you know, we don't. It's, 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 it's a hard conversation to have because sobriety is looked at that way. Yeah, it's the stigma around the words, isn't it? So, like, you know, when Lisa, like, is completely what, plant-based. Yeah, I say I'm plant-based. I'm vegan. Because yeah. Alex's husband is a, a veganist, right? So when I go in, <laughs> like, he questions me not eating meat. But for, more than I do, more than I question him eating meat, he questions me about not eating it like he does, doesn't he? All yeah, he's a pain. He's awful. Do I actually say <laughs> <laughs> don't eat meat or I'm dairy free or because yeah. there is such a stigma around it so and, sobriety is the and same. it's the same with sobriety yeah and it's 100%. the same with anxiety and depression and suicide and mental health 100% and it's trying to find it's trying to find that fine balance between so right here's, here's another example and I won't go off too much Someone turned around to me the other day and they were moaning about feminists. They were saying, God, feminists preach, 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 preach. And I turned around and I said, well, actually, stop a second, because I'm a feminist. And then they turned around and they went, well, what do you mean you're a feminist? I said, well, do you know the actual definition of feminism? And they didn't. In their head, feminists are extreme female rights, anti-men, you know, move them out of the way, let the women take over the world. And it's not that. It's just about equality and balance among, uh, uh, among two sexes. That, that's as simple as it gets. Yeah. And sobriety needs to be understood as well as every other yeah. aspect of society that's evolving at the moment. And I think we need to be the line in between the people that drink heavily and the people that are extreme sober. If we can be like, we're sober, but we're casual, we're happy and we're relaxed and we're just enjoying ourselves, it becomes a lot more approachable yeah. because people want to get to know you if you're not pushing it down their throat or, you know, you're having open conversations like this. This is, you know, this is for anyone that wants to listen and I'm, I'm sure, you know, it, it's... You'll get I see... Awesome. I see with the vegan thing, like vegans two, two, two years ago, there was no vegan restaurants. There was a slight maybe one dish on a menu in, in every other restaurant. But now there's restaurants popping up everywhere and it shows yeah. how the scene has changed. Yeah. I, I, I envision that, I'll say this to you a lot, don't I, Josh, that yeah. our sober community, yourselves included, Alex and Lisa, that can be um, pioneers in that changing, yeah. changing the social side of things like that. I was witness to something last week where I've been speaking to my local pub where I always used to drink in, um, I'm good friends with the landlord and the landlady there and they reached out to me they've been doing it up through lockdown they said look we, you know, we want to have some guilt free options um, and I was like 
well, why? And they were like, well, because you always moan about there only being Heineken Zero. And also we have people come and we have people come in and they're driving and then they've got nothing to drink. And then that, you know, there's all this kind of thing. So there's a massive link, not just by going sober, but there's also a benefit to people that do drink, you know, drink drivers, you know, kind of that buddy up, uh, that buddy system that you can have as well when you're going out and driving and stuff like that. And yeah, and they, and they reached out, they've stopped uh, three or four different spirits and a full cocktail menu. They've also got an IPA, a stout and a lager and they've stopped them all. I yep. spent the whole night up there on the opening night on Thursday. I tried everything. I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, but what happened was I just stood, I took a step back and I thought this could be potentially the future of like the social engagements that people have. Brew if the sober community. Yeah, Brewdog have done it. They opened yeah. the first exactly that. Tree in Shoreditch. They opened the yeah, first non-alcoholic pub in Europe. That's it. And they, they, right. they, 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 it will follow. I think that's, you're that's, right. that's how I see it. And I, I saw the front of this, guys. We're at the beginning of it, and I've just yeah, think it's so exciting. I've absolutely loved talking to you both. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's been yeah. awesome. Yeah. Oh, honestly, I think it's everything. Before you do go, though, Lee, so I have to say, I've, they've opened the, the first vegan hotel in the UK now as well. So Nice. That's moving even further. Where, where is that? I don't know. I saw an advert for it the other day and thought, oh, I must remind Lisa and then I've lost it, but I'll find it again for you. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> Definitely true. Um, <laughs> I'll go with Siobhan. <laughs> Before we uh, yes, go, you would, you, would you tell people where they can find you and your links and so on? And obviously we'll pop it in the in the description as well. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our community name is It's Soberated. We're on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and our email addresses, if anybody wants to reach out for any reason, it's ross at itsoberated.com and joshua at itsoberated.com. Perfect. Well, it's been absolutely lovely and we will have to do it again because this still seems to me like there's loads, oh, there's loads more to talk about. Loads more, 100%. <laughs> it really is, 100%. it really is. Oh, thank you so much. I think it, I think people are going to get a lot from that. It's really yeah, good. Fab. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for taking time lovely. with us, guys. Thank, thank you, girls. Thanks for having us. See you Bye. soon. Bye.